0: Hello and welcome to Constructor Cast. We are launching a second version of this cast featuring me, your host, Alan Gray. I will be covering stories about how AGC and our partners are working to support the industry, and I will be looking at key trends and political events that may have an impact on your operations. I hope you enjoy this new version of Constructor Cast. On today's podcast, we will talk about the $250,000 scholarship challenge program designed to diversify leadership in the construction industry. AGC and Procore, a leading provider of construction management software, launched the program last fall to assist African-American and disadvantaged minority students studying construction at historically black colleges and universities. The new scholarship is available thanks to a $250,000 challenge gift from Procore. The AGC is actively fundraising to meet and exceed. To tell us more about the scholarship challenge, we have three special guests on today's episode. Scott Holloway, Education and Research Foundation Board Chair, and he is President CEO of Joseph Company. Sasha Reeve, Director, Industry Advancement for Procore, and my colleague, Dale Gibson, Executive Director, AGC Education and Research Foundation. Before we begin, I want to give our guests a chance to say hello. Scott? We'll start off with you. Tell us a little
1: about yourself and Joe My name is Scott Holloway. I have been uh, president and CEO of Joe Sam for 25 plus years. We're the oldest commercial drainage manufacturer in the United States. We're 106 years old and we still can do 100% American made product and pleased to be here.
0: Thank you. Sasha?
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm Sasha Reed, Director of Industry Advancement at Procore, as Alan introduced earlier. I've been in the construction industry for almost two decades. Actually started out working for a specialty contractor and then made the leap into the technology field when I discovered how it could really help smaller contractors compete with the big guys by having technology implemented. So I've spent the majority of my career really working on the tech side. I joined Procore about two and a half years ago as the director for industry advancement, which essentially leads the Procore.org team. This is the social impact arm of Procore that focuses solely on construction and helping to elevate and improve the lives of everyone in construction through programmatic development of education, technology, as well as advocacy initiatives. Thank you.
0: And Daryl?
3: Good day, everyone. Daryl Gibson, I'm the executive director for the AGC Education and Research Foundation. And on a daily basis, I work with wonderful people like Scott and Sasha to further carry out the cause of what we do to affect and benefit the AGC members and what they're trying to do across industry. So I appreciate the opportunity to be here today.
0: Well, thank you all for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join us today. First off, I'd like to ask Sasha to tell us about Procore and its role in conceptualizing and implementing the program. Sasha?
2: Well, thank you so much. Well, for Procore, partnerships truly are at the heart of everything we do. And over the last four years, as we're supporting the efforts of AGC's Education and Research Foundation, we've really been able to build a solid partnership and a solid relationship. And in doing so, we've observed and seen how the Education Research Foundation really clears the way for young people to build a career in construction, demonstrating the lasting value that scholarships have in building that pipeline of the next generation of leaders. And it was actually Steve Sandher and Daryl Gibson who conceptualized the idea and then reached out to myself at Procore, essentially with an ask to help them address the underrepresentation of African-Americans in construction. And that for us was a no-brainer. It aligns very well with our own mission and vision. And so when I went to our leadership, it wasn't a hard sell for me to get them to consider this idea. So when Steve said he wanted to create a path for AGC members to turn conversation into action, it completely 100% aligned with our values. And I believe it said a lot about the trust and respect that has been built between our two companies that they came to us to ask us. I mean, we were honored to respond. We really do see AGC as leading the way, guiding the general contractor on how to ensure their businesses are truly welcoming for all. And whether that be through Culture of Care, the Build Out California Initiative, or even with this matching scholarship challenge, AGC is very well aligned with our vision, which is to improve the lives of everyone in construction.
0: Thank you so much. Daryl, how did our AGC respond to the challenge, and, and where are we in, in meeting the challenge?
1: Yeah, I
3: um... So as I arrived, I've been in place about a year now. So as I came in, certainly um, Procore was well entrenched in what we do on a daily basis and how we conduct the business of the foundation. And in speaking with Steve Sandhurst, the CEO at AGC, um, Steve and I began to think about how we could leverage particular relationships that existed or could be uh, greater depth with us here at AGC Education and Research Foundation. And Procore was at the very top of that consideration. And so we thought about uh, what programming would Probably best aligned with where ProCore Saturn's relationship with us, both at AGC and the AGC Education Foundation. And we thought about culture of care because we really thought that it was an impactful way. It was a, and I'll use Sasha's term, it was a legacy opportunity to really put in place a, an opportunity to grow and enhance the profile of what AGC members could do to benefit industry. For themselves. And so we thought about that workforce development, which is always a concern and a need for members. And we thought about how culture of care has been dispersed across the membership uh, profile and how we could enhance that perspective on why culture of care was important. So we wanted to tie all that in. And so as we began to think about how we could tie that in, we thought about a scholarship program where persons could benefit from a scholarship program, but then members could invest in themselves by investing in potential leadership students who may come out of particularly HBCU colleges and universities in those construction management programs. So that was the nexus. So with all that said, we put together a white paper and said, Sasha, what do you think about this? This is what we think it might go. We think members might be responsive to something like this from act, from conversation to action, as Sasha noted as well. We really wanted to put something as an emphasis to say, this is how you can really be engaged and really involved and hit your bottom line in doing so. And so that's where the objective and the activity began. And today, we sit with Procore's initial commitment of $250,000. We have secured an additional $160,000 toward that half-million-dollar goal. So about 60-some-odd percent toward the full goal of a half-million dollars. And that's since September when we actually formally launched the program. So we're very, very, very excited about the prospects of being able to close out this campaign in a pretty quick fashion here.
0: Wow, that's great so far. Okay, Scott, as the member on our panelist and the chair of the Education and Research Foundation, what does this mean to the members and how does it benefit the members and the industry?
1: Well, from the members' standpoint, this gives us a continuing workforce that we're all struggling for right now, not only in the construction industry, but from the supplier side, from the manufacturing side. It's completely across the whole gamut in our country and we need skilled people. We need skilled people that are trained, that have the latest technology, and it is a natural. When I first got involved with the foundation, I had been on the board, and I was asked to join the foundation in 2009, and it was all about scholarships. And now we're at a point when uh, Daryl and Steve Sandhur brought this to me last spring and said, hey, we've been kicking this about, I said, Wow, if we could tap these colleges and continue to give scholarships and get more people in the workforce, it would be brilliant. And when Sasha presented it that night in September, I sat there and I said, wow. And I came up to her afterward and we had just made a commitment to the foundation ongoing. And I said, we're going to do something. I'm thrilled to death that we have. I really think and I did pose a question to Sasha that night. I said, if we meet our goal, what will ProCore do? And I'm still asking that question because I think I think we're going to meet the goal. We're going to do it this year. My
2: hope is my butt is in the hot seat to go back to leadership and ask that question. That'd we're on, we're on our way to be there, Sasha.
1: And we haven't even put the squeeze on, right, yes. Daryl?
0: Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, on that note, um, being at $160,000 and change, what do you say to those people that might say this is going, or the members and who might say, well, this is doing well without me. They don't need me. Why is it important for them to step up?
3: Well, from a fundraising perspective, again, um, we talked about this challenge campaign. It was just a a start point. We needed to give when you run a campaign, you really want to put numbers and timelines around it so people can feel the inertia behind uh, getting it done. But we I propose and I have conversations with prospective donors in the next few weeks. I'm going to tell them this is just a start point. This is not an end game. Our objective is to engage as many potential donors who are interested in learning how they can be involved as possible. I have a a complete list of those I've not yet even seen. And so it's going to be warm, heartwarming for me to walk in and say, we've done X, Y, and Z to date. What you can do is
1: add to that. And that will be an ongoing conversation. I would address the members and say, why not? You're preserving your workforce. You're preserving your lifestyle and your business. Why not invest in it?
0: Right. And and Sasha, why HBCUs?
2: I think that uh, Daryl and Scott have touched on it, which is um, when we speak to business leaders, our customers who are leading their firms, and this is from the owners, general contractors, and specialty contractors, a similar story is told by these leaders, which is, what is it that keeps you up at night? And the resounding response has been the talent shortage. And this shortage, our customers have started labeling as an all-out war for talent. And that war is really being waged on college campuses across the country. But at the same time, we know that African-Americans have been largely underrepresented in construction and for far too long. When we look at African-Americans as a whole, they make up about 6% of the construction workforce, but that number has hovered at 6% for 25 years. So when we think about firms who are looking to solve the talent crisis and to address it, they're expanding their recruitment and they need to expand their recruitments out of the campuses that they currently engage with. And the real uh, challenge is how do we create relationships with historically black colleges and universities with construction management programs to not only extend this gift, but to create a pipeline of talent, to provide an opportunity to expand that reach and really start investing ahead of hiring. So if we as an industry at the leadership level are at a consensus that the talent shortage is our number one challenge that we're keeping us up at night, the logical idea here is, well, then we need to expand where we're getting the bright young minds from and we need to start investing ahead of that. And this opportunity here through the HBCUs with AGC was just for us, it was perfect. We have the same challenge at Procore internally and so for us this was solving two challenges one introducing us to those historically black colleges and universities to support our customers and increasing that pipeline and even looking for our technical engineers and bright minds to bring into our ranks so for us it was kind of solving two problems with one program and one initiative
0: thank you and uh, i'm going to go back to daryl for a minute and tell us how this fits in with agc's overall diversity and inclusion efforts
3: Yeah. The the biggest tie-in for us at the foundation is directly back to culture of care. We found that to be our umbrella and where we wanted to sit and where we wanted to be able to function on a daily basis. And so to be able to align ourselves underneath that umbrella, to be the impetus around retention and and recruitment of African-Americans and other people from other disadvantaged groups into industry was where we saw our footprint and where we could be most uh, pervasive in how we move that forward. So big picture, as we think about what that what the playing field looks like at the HBCUs, we're talking about 100 institutions as a whole right now in the U.S. are classified as, as historically black colleges and universities. And of those, right now, we look at about 11 of those particular colleges and universities that do have construction management programs. And of those 11, we currently have had relationships either past or present with about seven of those institutions that we will target specifically to walk in this activity and say, this is what we have on the ground today. What does your student body look like in those programs? Our local chapters there in your particular area want to be more in line and how they may come in and recruit. And we also want to be able to align how we may be able to offer scholarships. And so that's our plan. That's our profile. That's our footprint for moving forward for how we market ourselves and market this particular scholarship to those HBCU institutions and to our chapter network to be supportive of this activity.
0: And and how many HBCUs are we working with now and are already involved with us?
3: We've had about seven student chapters that we can account for, and so we need to go back in and get the status of where they sit today. In some instances, we will need to reinvigorate those chapters and find uh, leadership on those campuses to get them back reactivated and back underneath activities that we do with those student chapters and with the uh, local uh, chapters from AGC. So about seven today.
0: So are the local chapters chapters embracing the program?
3: That's a part of our rollout is to be certain local chapters understand and appreciate how and why they should be involved with this initiative. Because again, it is a workforce development opportunity and their members are telling them this is what, as Sasha has alluded, this is where our core concerns are right now. So this is another portal to help meet that for membership. And membership needs to appreciate why that's important and why this population of s- schools and students is something that we should be concentrating on. So we need to drive that to the chapter, out to the universities, and back from the universities to the chapter. So it's our job to do th- those activities.
0: Okay, thank you. And, and Scott, um, as a member on the uh, grassroots level and in, in, inside the chapters, how how can members spur the interest among their peers
1: On the chapter and local level? Well, they have to get involved and they have to work with their local chapter presidents and boards. I think once they get involved and start spreading the word, most of the chapters have an education department that promotes and works with the local schools to make them aware that the AGC has a scholarship program. And what Darrell said now when we get these chapters and these students in these chapters involved and they start seeing that there is scholarship money available to follow their career path, I think it's going to spread. And I think where Daryl touched on, there's 100 of the HBCU universities out there and we're only factoring them right now on 11 of them and seven that we're really working with. I think if this thing propels the way we think of them, you're going to see more of these universities opening up construction programs because it is a beneficial career path for a student for the future. It's a lifetime career. I was blessed. I was a, a subcontractor for 25 plus years before I got on the manufacturing side. So I just look at myself and my family. It's been very good for us. And I think if we can get the mission out to these Universities, they'll covet the AGC scholarship. I'm I'm sure of it, but it's the ch- local chapters, as Daryl said, and the chapter execs that have to carry the mission through.
0: Thank you. Now, I, I'd like to cover one more point. Um, in public, work particularly, we have NDE um, programs, DBE programs, disadvantage. Um, underutilized business programs, they're all government-sponsored. This this appears to be the industry taking the ball by the horn and, um, and and addressing these issues. Um, would anybody like to comment on that?
2: Yeah, I, I would love to. I think I think when you look at construction as an industry, it's an ecosystem. And no project is ever lifted off by lone wolf thinking. It's really around an ecosystem of players with a common goal of completing a project, but with um, siloed interests many times. But what makes projects come to life is that integration of these separate players to become partners. And if we look at the number of those hires we need to make in industry, some of the early numbers coming out at the end uh, or mid of 2021 around how many construction workers we lost at the start of the pandemic before construction was deemed as essential. The rough estimates are around 1 million workers. So when we look at what we need to hire back, uh, to date, the estimates are about a fifth of those we've actually hired back into industry. But when we look at the the pent up demand of work and when we speak to customers and hear their backlog, we believe we're looking at about another million that we need to hire within the next two years to meet that backlog. So it is not going to be any single lone player here who can bring solutions and solve this challenge. It's going to need to be an ecosystem, a partnership of multiple players with a singular focus, which is we want to make sure that construction is the employer of choice for all Therefore, AGC is primed with building relationships with these HBCUs to start that conversation with the scholarship and start to build that awareness of construction, careers in construction, and to your point, hopefully expand these programs over time. I think Scott has hit it right on the the nail on the head when we show the value of the entrepreneurial kind of arenas that construction provides from specialty contractors to general contracting. We're, we're opening doors of opportunity and we're not only saying, hey, this industry is hiring, but we're investing in your future by helping you step through that door. And so if we want to expand not only the representation of people of color in construction, but build a pipeline of future leaders, that investment starts now. But we're aligned to build relationships and introduce construction to these communities in order to say, hey, we need you and we think you would be great here with us. And I think that's the urgency we're feeling is we can't wait to invest. We need to do it now.
3: Yeah, that's what we sit here at the foundation. We certainly attest to what Sasha's saying. We want to be front runners in how we marry what industry says it needs. We want to be a portal to help and meet industry's need. That's why the foundation exists members 50 plus years ago said, we need a an entity that helps us help ourselves. And so we sit in that seat today, and this is one of the ways that we want to be the the pathway out to industry to be beneficial to industry.
0: Thank you. Is there anything else anyone would like to add to the conversation before we wrap this up?
3: As a fundraiser, I certainly want to raise the opportunity to raise my hand for those who might be viewing and have an interest in how this program might be beneficial to them and how they might want to invest to give us to reach out to the AGC Education and Research Foundation here in, in our headquarters. And we'd be more than willing to have the conversation either remotely or in person.
0: Thank you. Sasha, Scott?
2: I just wanted to say I'm so excited by this initiative, the actual kickoff for fundraising um, hasn't officially started through Daryl's efforts till this month. But the fact that we're at 60% of that goal tells us that the challenge that Procore has made in partnership with AGC truly is top of mind for business leaders. So I'm excited for this to the word to be spread for more leaders to get a chance to leverage this as an opportunity to start that investment. So very, very excited to kick it off and have have such good headwinds going into this.
0: Okay, Scott.
1: If I could just say to our fellow members out there, please give, because you're benefiting a a future student, and he could be a future employee of yours, and he could be a future business leader or even competitor down the road. But this is what we need to really grow our industry and preserve it. And we are really, we're talking preservation now. I don't have anything else to add.
0: And with that, we'll bring this podcast to an end. Thank you all for joining us today. And there will be more information soon to come for everyone. Thank you very, very much.